Sure. All right. Let's do this. Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we talk about Recently Watched, which we try not to spoil. Uh, I dare you to try to spoil Mad God. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I don't know if I could, if you had a gun to my head, if I could tell you two things. (laughs) that resemble a plot um that that's not a criticism we thank the moon rays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show you can find their music on apple music or amazon where you could buy it digitally or say hello to them on facebook where they are the moon dash rays and we are not professional critics we're your hosts i'm richard i'm here with jolian hello and will hello so guys um recently watched you want to talk about anything recent? We all just watched both trailers for the Munsters, so yes. the fact that we can string together two words. Two words yeah. Oh man, are you just jaw dropped and stunned? I am stunned and eagerly awaiting yes. September twenty seventh. Yeah, the day the world ends. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. So, it's the day Skynet came online, <laughs> saw the trailer of the monsters, and decided we needed to be wiped out. And I agree. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Yeah, way to go, dude. Um, Joey, and any, uh, any recently watched you want to talk about? Uh, well, we watched uh, all the Jobwick trilogy. You did? Yeah. So you, had you seen any of it before? I'd seen them all, but I felt we were ready to watch them together. Oh, okay. And your wife agreed at the end of it all? Yeah, yeah. I, I really wanted her to see the, um, uh, especially the third one where he gets together with, with a couple of dogs and they do dog foo. Oh, good. It's awesome. Have you seen them? No, I've seen the first one. Oh, they all look great. Yeah. And they're all kind of funny and... Um, Amazing stunts, really, you know, for real stunts. Very over the top fighting. Oh, of course, yeah. What is this? John Wick. Oh, okay, John Wick. Yeah. So, how many um, do you think they're going to make? Do you think they're going to stop at three? Uh, there's a fourth one next year. Oh, well, then they're not <laughs> going to stop. <laughs> they're never going to stop. They're like, hey, could you quit backing up that truck full of money to our, our property, please? <laughs> Oh, they're, they're good. I, I, I reckon um, the, the next one's going to have Donnie Yen in it. Oh, good. Um, That's nice. Yeah. So what um, what did they do differently in the third one? Uh, well, so uh, first one, he's brought out of retirement by the, the Russians crossing him and killing his dog. Right. And, uh, and then uh, the... Second one, uh, it gets more into the mythology behind the the International Organization of Assassins. Mm-hmm. And he ends up breaking one of their golden rules, um, which brings them down on his head. Mm. And so in the third one, he's lost a lot of his support team. Um, so and it's him against the world. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, he has to go and he has to... Uh, track down some of the elders and and uh, um, you know they tell him the terrible things he must do in order to um, get reinstated but um, <clears throat> yeah um, but he, he hooks up with us he, he goes to Morocco at some point and um, uh, hooks up with a, another assassin who's she's got a pair of dogs that she's trained 
Oh, wow. To attack on cue. Very <laughs> so cool. There's all these dog stunts. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like the, the opening sequence where uh, basically it starts off from the end of the second one where all the assassins in New York are notified that you know there's millions of dollars on his head now yeah. and they can all get him. So yeah, it's, it's completely paranoid because everyone who's like giving him a side glance, everyone in New York, is it turns out to be this like uh, wickedly skilled assassin who tries to kill him in public. You know, there's yeah. no hesitancy at all. So it goes through this chain of sequences where he's like he's having to fight on a bike, he's fighting on a horse. Wow. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just nuts. And it's brutal, especially when it, when it's the the Asian stunt team. You, you recognize a lot of the faces if you watch like uh, a Hong Kong and Indonesian martial arts films. Okay, yeah. You recognize a lot of the stunt teams. Nice. But it's brutal. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, there's some really gory knife knife fights. This is good because you know you you want the action and the violence, but you also get some comic relief. Yeah, it's got this very. Um, yeah, it's got this uh, cool sense of humor. You know, they know how ridiculous it is. And basically, these films are put together by a stunt team. Yeah. Who wanted to do the ultimate stunt movies. Well, it sounds it's, like they... a good... Yeah. They found the venue, the forum to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like like most martial arts films now, there are, you know, there's a heavy influence of the raid. And I was going to say, like it's that. too bad the raid was already made, so... Yeah. The greatest stunt movie. <laughs> oh, so and it, I think yeah, the level of brutality, the extended scenes where it's like one shot or apparently one shot going through an entire fight. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the raid. But um, yeah, I, I really like that, that series. Uh, rewatched uh, Scream, Blackula Scream. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like watching some Pam Greer. Nice. It's always a most, good thing. Weeks. <laughs> And a, and a uh, black vampire taking out a bunch of cops. Yeah, and William Marshall was always good to watch. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that, that one. It's got it, that one's more patchy. I, I prefer the first film. Um, yeah, but it's got some good scenes, especially when it's a whole crowd of his vampires versus the cops. Um, and then we watched the the Blumhouse um, Fantasy Island. Oh, do you vaguely remember this film coming out? <laughs> I vaguely <laughs> remember it, and. Uh... I kind of wanted to watch it, and then I promptly forgot about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it just came up, and I thought, all right, I'll check it out. And yeah. Yeah, so it's one of those, uh, they're being very clever, you know, there's like a surprise ending. And yeah. Various things going on, and um, lots of references and jokes for the series, which I never watched. <laughs> I've, I've seen the theme. Yeah, that's... The some, credits. I think I may have watched an episode or two, but... Now, is it based on the 70s, early 80s t- yes. TV show? Fantasy Island with Ricardo Monteblanc. Yeah. And, and Hervé Villachez. Yeah. So does does it uh, do something different? Does it does it have a, a little person and a whatever? It does not have a little person. No, okay. But it has two big people. <laughs> two big people. <laughs> They're especially tall. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. yeah, I was I was about to to say what what uh, nationality uh, Ricardo Montalban was, but I realized I didn't really know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, where was he from? Pennsylvania. He was in Mexican, wasn't he? Was he? Okay, that would that would make sense where he got his start with a lot of those old westerns. You know, casting was kind of weird back then, but yeah, yeah, it, w- it wasn't like a. He was from Kansas or something. <laughs> South Dakota. Uh, Pennsylvania, I tell yeah, you. Yeah. So uh is this is this a show that people should avoid? <laughs> what the the movie? Yeah. Fantasy Island. It was alright. You know, like Bloomhouse there uh they often feel like the the kind of movies that you'd watch on a plane if it was a long trip. Uh, and there was nothing else to watch. Yeah, yeah. You kind of, just, you know, you watch it and you enjoy it, and it's, it's and then all right. it's gonna, oh, it's over, <laughs> and you go on with your life and forget about it. Yeah, um, yeah. This one's got Maggie Q in it. She's good. Michael, what's his name from? Uh, Fastbender. 
Myers. Mm. <laughs> I'm all out of Michaels. I don't know any other Michaels. The short mm-hmm. Netflix series oh, yeah. about the um, cartels. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of who that is. Don't know. Drawing a blank. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, he's he's the he's the host figure. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, good. I mean, when is the Love Boat remake? Coming yes, out? Yeah. I'm kind of wondering. Yeah, <laughs> dark like, take on the Love Boat. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Satan rides on the Love Boat. <laughs> but you don't know it's Satan. I mean, the audience does because you have two brain cells and you've seen a movie, so you can figure it out. But yeah. <laughs> He's eating the time bananas. Yeah. Ooh, the love boat gets trapped in the Bermuda Triangle. I think there. I think. And there's... we call it Love Triangle. Oh man! <gasps> there you go, writing oh, better wow. movies. Yeah. Everything it has to be seventies. Everything's good. Oh yeah. It's got Evil Knievel as the guest star. Oh. Yes. Kiss. Muhammad Ali. And there's a roller coaster at the end on the boat. I don't know how, but it's got to be on there. <laughs> I think they could have a roller coaster on a cruise ship these days. Probably. They're, I mean, those things are bigger but than... this is a 70s cruise ship. So. Yeah, that's true. It has to be period accurate, doesn't it? I've only seen one episode of The Love Boat. It was on MeTV or something. We happened to tune in. It happened to be the Pam Greer episode. Oh, oh very nice. So I thought, oh, it's not going to top this. So I've never watched it again. Well, no, you should watch the Sonny Bono one. I've heard it. He plays like Gene Simmons or something. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's Deacon Dark. Oh, that's right. This is his character's name. <laughs> I've only seen maybe five or six episodes of The Love Boat. That's about all I could handle. I think I've seen about 50 or 60 because, as you remember, back in the day, you watched whatever you was watched on. You watched what was on, yeah. And it was on all the damn time. <laughs> it was in syndication, but after a certain point, it, it was on every day of the week. It was terrible. <clears throat> Aaron Spelling, his bony fingers all over it. Yeah, man. The uh, new episode of the Dana Gould podcast is up. Have you heard it? Yeah, no, I haven't heard I have. it yet. So it's all about 1966. So all the TV shows that... Oh, perfect. Um, and then the first half of it is about Owen Allen. Oh, nice. Rise and fall of. Oh. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Lost in space. Yeah, a lot of movies would be like an Irwin Allen production. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know who he is, but he makes a lot of stuff. Yeah, and like three of the TV shows of 66 are Irwin Allen productions. Yeah. Yeah, and and top stuff that everyone was watching. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, that that was a good episode. I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, so what else? That was it for me. Oh, okay. Shall I go next? Sure. All right. So uh, I found what turned out to be a, a fairly old um, documentary about Night of the Living Dead called Reflections on the Living Dead. Um, this, I am not sure when this came out. I want to say early two thousands or early nineties. I'm having trouble telling because everyone and it's so much younger than like, and, and still alive. Uh, this is a, um, oh, it's from 1993. I just looked at, I just looked at a webpage and it says it's from 1993. Um, this is a documentary featuring a roundtable discussion with uh, George A. Romero, his co-writer John A. Russo, and producers Russ Streiner and Carl Hardman. And um, it's it's great. You you have uh, a bunch of um, film fans slash directors who are interviewed. So you get uh, Wes Craven, Sam Raimi, and Toby Hooper uh, contributing. Like you know why this was influential, why this is an important movie. How innovative was it, and you know what? A, what a rarity it really is. Um, uh, Judith O'Day is interviewed. Um, it, it's great. You you just get a lot they of. They talked to Roger Ebert about <laughs> how he hated it. They Thought did it was not. The most disgusting movie he'd ever seen. Yeah, yeah. The, the writer of Super Vixens. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> it's shut like, up, Roger. Yeah. So yeah. where, where did you see this on? Uh, it's on Tubi. Okay. And it's... The answer for everything. Yeah. Uh, 1997. Okay. I don't, did I 
did I mention John Landis is also interviewed in this? No. You could tell you could tell how old this is because his beard is really super dark. <laughs> and Romero's still alive and Carl Hardman's still alive. Wes Craven. Yeah, Wes Craven. Um so yeah. This is uh this is good. This is good. Uh it's uh it's gonna feel dated. You know, the production values are low budget and kind of dated, but the interview footage is worth it. It's worth Shot watching. Shot on VHS. It might have been shot on some form of video, but uh, that was good uh, for anyone who's a Night of the Living Dead fan. Um, prior to that, I had watched the video Dead, which I, you know, openly admit I had never seen before. Never really cared to engage with it. I was just like, I don't know what it is. I don't really care. Um, I've seen better, no matter what it's got, and uh, I was not impressed. Uh, some people really enjoy this one. I don't know if they're being sentimental for it, but it's a 1987, uh, essentially a zombie movie, uh, written by Robert Scott, who also produced and directed it. A real auteur, or guy on a budget. I think that's French for guy on a budget, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, this was released November of 87. It's 90 minutes exactly, Will. You'll be happy to Perfect. know. Um, so so Linnea quickly must be in it. You'd think, except for they couldn't afford her or didn't know her. Uh, this has a bunch of people you haven't heard of. And they wouldn't let her take her top off. Right. So she walked. So she walked. Right. You're like, if there's not nudity in this script, I walk. <laughs> but it doesn't fit the scene. It doesn't matter. Um, one being retreat, treated respectfully. Yes. So one I'm person... You might recognize from the cast if you've seen, have you seen the Greasy Strangler? Uh-uh. This came out, I want to say, about five years ago. Uh, really? And it's called the Greasy Strangler? It's weird, and I'm not sure what it's trying to do. I watched most of it uh, at my friend Brian's house when I was down in Mesa, Arizona for, I was there for Phoenix Comic Con. I so, thought the Greasy Strangler was a chain that you could go to if you couldn't afford Arby's. Right. <laughs> Ooh, it sounds like a chain. We've got the grease. Um, okay, it's a 2016 movie, so I think I saw it in 2017, probably. Like, it, it was already on whatever movie channel by this time. Um, but this guy, Michael St. Michaels, <laughs> totally a real name, right? Uh, he was in this one, and then he's in the Greasy Strangler many years later. Um okay. This, uh, it's a, there's a television that's able to pick up stuff and then release it into the world. I have very vague memories of this. Yeah. Like zombies get out of the TV. I can remember the cover because you saw that all the time in video shows. Yeah. And it's a really cool looking cover. You know, you've got this like, here, I'll zoom. Classic font. Oh, that, that zoomed (laughs) so much. Yeah. It zoomed like 2%. (laughs) Jeez. I think it may have increased the border pixel yeah <laughs> uh, yeah that's oh yeah I, if i enlarge it at all it's just total pixels but it's a just like a snarling zombie reaching, reaching for yeah, out of the total foreshadowing hand reaching toward you lots of electricity and breaking glass going on but uh yeah it's uh, it's a bunch of zombies that get out of a television somehow and they're in the real world and kids have to battle them they didn't just go with the television made the zombies. That might have been I mean, the case. I don't know. Uh, uh, you can bet that the next uh, season of Stranger Things will be using that premise. Probably. Maybe they've killed... It's 1993 and zombies are crawling out of the TVs. Yeah. All the kids are well out of college and have their own children. Yeah. That's kind of where it's going to be, I think. They're all gangly and parent- they're, you know, parents now, yeah. We watched The Gray Man. This is a 2022 film, so brand spanking new. Um, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. So I don't know um, if those, I assume they're brothers? Yes. Okay. Uh, they did a bunch of Marvel movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. They got I, a, their start on the Arrested Development. <laughs> okay, that, that explains where some of the humor comes from. Yeah. This is an action thriller as it's described but it's equal parts comedy i want to say because it there's a lot of funny stuff that happens in this um your your two top stars are ryan gosling and chris evans who basically is playing tall freddie mercury i mean well 
his look is totally Freddie Mercury. He's got the the little perfectly cropped mustache and tight white pants. And I don't know. It's just funny that his character is um, very full of himself and very good at being an assassin. And it's arguable that maybe Ryan Gosling's character, who is sort of the odd man out in this whole thing, uh, and everyone's out to get him, he might be the best assassin there is. And he's trying to defend himself against... Not John Wick. This sounds like it might have... Or Chuck Connors, as (laughs) I mentioned in the last episode. I should have saved that movie if I'd known we were talking about assassins. Yeah. Well, this... um, uh, this came out in theaters in July and it was on Netflix later that month. <laughs> um, this is, uh, this is a lot of fun and it's, and you could tell that other than the CG stuff, they spent a lot of money blowing things up and stabbing and killing and fighting and all the stuff you want in an action movie like this. It, um, it, it's doubled its money so far. It, well, more than doubled. It had a budget of two hundred million. The box office was four fifty one million. So there you go. If so you want, they broke even. Yeah, probably. You know, after they laundered money and paid taxes and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Paid this, for advertising. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, uh, it's a lot of fun. All I think, right. I think you might enjoy it. So that's the Gray Man. Uh, it's not it, about aliens. I would, gray aliens. Yeah, they, they fooled me. They sucked oh. me in with the title, and then I went, hey, wait a minute, these guys aren't aliens at all. Or aliens in this. So, funny you should mention Roger Ebert earlier. Can I, should I segue into um, <laughs> Mad yeah. God? Yeah, yeah. Like some kind of foo, I picked this one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, it sounds good. Uh, this one is a uh, stop-motion animated with little flourishes of live action here and there. <clears throat> Maybe just sort of, I don't know if that helped them reach the uh, feature length. Yeah. Runtime. That and uh, also saved on money. Made it easier. And made it easier. Yeah. Because I believe he did Kickstarters to. to oh yeah. But, to keep stopping and starting. Yeah. Stopping. It took forever Funded. to make. I don't know how many. He came up with the years. idea during Robocop. Oh, wow. So, start, 1986 start, or something. Yeah. Start, stop, stop motion. Uh-huh. That's right. Um, so, uh, interesting that, that we mentioned uh, Roger <clears throat> Ebert earlier, because on RogerEbert.com, which obviously he has nothing to do with, you know, not From being alive anymore. The yes. Uh, the, the critic who wrote about this... Hmm, explosions outside. Uh, how does one describe Mad God, the stop-motion animated fantasy that took writer-director and special effects innovator Phil Tippett about 30 years to complete? Mad God doesn't really have a conventional plot. More like there are a handful of characters, including the assassin, <clears throat> credited to three different voice actors, the surgeon, two different voice actors, the alchemist, three, and the last human, just British punk filmmaker Alex Cox. And they're all either at cross-purposes or looking for a way out. Imagine, if you will, a dystopian nightmare set in a post-industrialized world that's forever teetering on its last legs but never quite falls over. Does that seem fair? Is I that... don't remember most of those characters. <laughs> I Yeah, me neither. Or any dialogue uh, there... that would require two or more people. Well, this goes on to say, this description does not admittedly tell you much, (laughs) but the movie's less of a narrative-driven parable than a dazzling and corrosively cynical vision of a hyper-compartmentalized society that's struggling to both die and reset. So I think that's really well put because I'm I'm struggling to like come up with words for it other than visual feast of weirdness. Yes, it's a series of episodes. It's like descent through circles of hell. Yeah, I think that's probably the best. Yeah, um, it it does it does have very um, very vivid color and interesting choices as far as like the the, the backgrounds and the visual mm-hmm. stuff that's going on, the costuming of the characters, if you call it that, or I guess you could say character design. It keeps moving; it doesn't stop, and then sometimes it goes blissing out into some fantasy, you know, swirling lights and craziness going on. And 
then it, like some sort of Tink Floyd video or something is happening. And, and, then, and the soundtracks, uh, everything like uh, it's a contrapuntal soundtrack is like not telling you what to think. And sometimes it's right. playing like really pleasant soundtrack when the worst stuff is going on. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's well, like they said, a dystopian world. Uh, it does look post-apocalyptic. And the characters are trying to survive. Some some of them have a goal, apparently. <laughs> I'm going to say everything like it's a question through this whole discussion. Yeah, there's like these factories where the, they don't care about the workers and the workers are just getting smushed. And <laughs> oh, so factories. Horrible things are happening yeah. to them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is vaguely familiar. Yeah. Oh, should be damned. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so he, this guy worked on uh, on RoboCop. Yes, Phil Tippett. It's yeah, Phil he, Tippett. He, he did several Verhoeven films. He did Starship Troopers. Yeah, I knew the Starship Tro- Starship Troopers he thing. He worked but... on, I think, When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth. Okay. Yeah, really. Yeah, he, first he made rate. Dead Two O Nine. Okay. Don't know that one. Oh, it's a robot RoboCop. That oh, oh, oh. Walks on thirty seconds to comply. Yeah, that. yeah. The one that lights that dude up. Yeah. Yeah. Just starts shooting up the boardroom. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. He did all that. I can never remember that robot's name, but yeah, that's my favorite yeah. robot. I think, think he did. Did he do the Rancor and Return He did that and he did the Tauntauns. And mm-hmm. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. Which he did. At At Walkers. At At Walkers, yeah. Yeah. He did something called Go Motion for those because he wanted it a little blurry, like mm-hmm. it was actual movement. Right. Well, that would make sense. So, so um, this was just like a pet project over the years, apparently. Oh yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, yeah, and it was one of those things you heard about. At least I had yeah. decades ago, probably. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh yeah, that we'll never see that. Yeah, every now and then you'd you'd, you'd get, hear yeah, news about say, it. Oh, yeah. We need we need to fund the next bit next five minutes <laughs> yeah so he wasn't gonna pour all of his robocop money into it or his starship troopers money into it he's just like no, no. I, got, I gotta live too you know gotta put these kids through college and buy that lake house but and it must have been a fortune to make all that man if he had just waited he could have just shot all of it on an iphone <laughs> <laughs> just gone through contemporary america and yeah. 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 Basically, yeah, you wouldn't even have to like. Oh, you want a dystopian world, huh? Uh huh. Yeah. All wait. Right. A, wait a few years. <laughs> um. So so this is a this is a new release now, mm-hmm. and uh, we're seeing this thing like finally see the light of day. Yeah. Was it worth the wait? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I I I'd love to see it on the big screen. Yeah, that would be the sound design is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I did like the sound design quite a lot. Yeah, I could just imagine like the THX speakers and mm-hmm. you know all the all that stuff in a proper theater. So it reminded me of those, uh, you know, going to see the animation festivals when I was at art college. And yeah, it was Jan Schweinmeier and is it the Key Brothers or the Quay Brothers the, Quay? The, the Brothers Quay. Yeah, who did all the tool videos? Yeah. Oh yeah, that did remind me of broken tool. dolls in the attic and stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, it reminded me of their stuff a lot. Yeah, well, and not the first full length stop motion movie I've seen. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's Funkmaya did Alice. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's got a similar queasy factor of broken dolls and bits of meat yeah. being animated. <laughs> yeah, oh. the uh, the tool sober video. I remember that like had all kinds of animated meat going on in it too. Uh, my friends did a stop motion movie with hamburger. Ugh. It was a terrible idea because oh, yeah, yeah. oh, they you had started light. cooking under the lights <laughs> oh, and they were like gray. And... Yeah, it's it's such a short scene. <laughs> like it was disgusting. It smelled. It was awful. Ugh. Yeah, it's terrible. Like why would anyone even think to do that? Wow. I ended up with like. 10 minutes of movie it took him well over a year 
<laughs> it's awful. It's on really shitty videotape that's been watched a zillion times. So, wow. Maybe used to do stop motion. We used to do. We did a couple of anthologies. Uh, mine was kind of live action. I did a remake of Christine, but using a vacuum cleaner. Oh, nice. <laughs> we we <laughs> customized the, the light that comes on the front of it so it looked more evil. Oh, okay. That's excellent. <laughs> don't, don't give Stephen King any ideas. He's writing that right now. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Amityville, the... What was it called? The uh, Evil Escapes uh-huh. or whatever? The Evil Lamp. <laughs> the Evil yeah. Lamp. I recommend it. Uh, if you want to see a really, truly terrible horror movie. Yeah. I've not seen Amityville Vibrator yet. No, but here <laughs> it's shocking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, so we, we, we know uh, previous work from Phil Tippett. Um, now that he's got this out of his system, do you think he's going to feel free to just like do some normal work? Or do you think he's going to go, you know what? I should do another one of these. I don't think he has 30 more years. No, he's got to be in his <laughs> 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I thought he had died. <laughs> I really did. I thought he had died a couple years ago. Oh, Phil Tippett. You know, it was, it was weird like when... Um, Lyndon B. Johnson's wife, Lady Bird Johnson, died. Uh-huh. I kind of felt like the news story should have been like, our top story tonight, Lady Bird Johnson, found to still be alive, has died. <laughs> <laughs> Who was still alive until recently. Yeah. It's like, whoa, she was still... Oh, and now she's dead. I feel like two totally different things here. <laughs> the surprise of her having still been alive. Yeah, there was somebody else that was like, I can't remember now, but... Somebody I had thought had died like in 2003 or something had just died. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> lived a lot longer than I thought. It's the Mandela effect. Yeah. I specifically remember them dying. Yeah. Yeah. That is so strange. Do you... it, it couldn't just be faulty memory. No, no. It must be a skewed timeline like yeah. explained in Back to the Future. Uh-huh. It must be that, not us, you know, mistaking... Uh, Sinbad for Shaquille O'Neal or whatever. Or being a dumbass kid and not realizing it's Berenstain. Right. <laughs> I've been feeling like we've been living in a alternate dimension for the past few years. That I do feel. There's, there's the one that I was in and then something split. <laughs> we passed through a Bermuda Triangle in the universe or something. Yeah. Like, yeah no, I'm in the wrong getting, one. I want to go back to that We're one. getting time bananas. and Yeah. Orange presidents. <laughs> right? Yeah, 2016 is where the skew happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where all reason went out I the window. I think it was 2012, actually. Yeah, probably. To correspond with the Mayan calendar. Yeah. <laughs> the world wasn't ending. We were just going off on a different path. Yeah. If they had made that thing bigger, it could have just, you know, just started rolling and crushed everyone. What thing? The, the, big, the big oh the big calendar yeah the big, yeah. Yeah, the big wheel shaped calendar <laughs> uh that's a new amityville movie <laughs> big stone calendar rolling all over the countryside killing people chasing them down the freeway uh-huh well they've got their evil lamp in the back seat just run uphill stupid it can't go up <laughs> can only go down yeah it's called inertia okay so um i have to ask like have you have you ever bought anything at a yard sale or a flea market that you suspected could have been haunted? Hmm. Because I know someone who bought a piece of furniture and they swear that it brought something into their home. I don't know. Yeah. I don't believe so. I mean, I grew up with antiques collectors as parents. Yeah. And I never felt like there was anything attached to any of that stuff. And there was a lot of stuff. So, hmm. I, I don't buy it, but I know people who swear that's happened to them. But you saw a, a a pastry fly off of a shelf. I did, so, you know, that's my big, you know, <laughs> encounter with the beyond. The paranormal. The paranormal. 
for listeners who never caught that the two previous mentions of that, uh, Will was in a cafe and saw having to deal with the pastry. Yeah, scone go shooting I off saw, the counter. Yeah, a croissant, a croissant fly off the counter and nobody touched it. Yeah, there was only the woman behind the counter who wasn't near it. No, she was a couple feet away with her. She had turned around at that time. But she it her back it was to it for most of the time. She turned around just in time to see it fly. Oh man, so and weird. We were both like didn't say anything to each other for a minute or more, and then finally it was like, "Did you see that?" She's like, "Yeah, something came." She lived in that building that she worked in. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Yeah, something came to my door last night, knocked, and I got up and opened the door, and there was no one there." Who opens the door when there's a knock in the mm-hmm. middle of the night? Well, it's to be fair, it was an enclosed. Oh sort of building so mm-hmm. i don't think you could get in at night unless you had a key oh, okay or you were a spirit yeah because and then who's keeping you out unless they got salt right a smudge stick yeah i think if i had a knock at the door first thing i'd do would be go into the utility room and look at the uh monitor and see what the camera is going to show me yeah it's like if it looks like a crackhead i'm calling the cops or it'll look know. like a ghost that would be worse. Really? No. Um, just, I'm, just munching on a pastry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I dropped this. Does the five-second rule apply? <laughs> uh, okay. Enough stalling. Let's talk about Mad God again. <laughs> so I turned this on, not knowing anything about it. I'm like, Phil Tippett, that sounds familiar. And I really wasn't <laughs> connecting the RoboCop Starship Trooper thing. I start watching this and I'm like, what's it going to do? Holy crap. It's doing a lot of weird stuff, but it's not really telling me anything. And I get through, what is the, how, what's the runtime on this? Like 90 minutes. It's like feature length movie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like 85. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is just under 90 and didn't I, quite make perfect movie. <laughs> right. Now you get penalized if you're under 90 minutes. <laughs> and to be fair, a lot of that is the credits rolling with all of the uh, Kickstarter supporters. Oh, yeah. It's just like this wall of text scrolling by for like five minutes. It's like everyone who gave five bucks, you know. Everybody gets their name on the credits. Yeah. Do you get an IMDb page for that? Probably not. No? Unless you make one yourself. Yeah. Which... Uh, I was thinking of animating some hamburger. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking, okay, uh, you know, Jolien said this was out, like an outstanding uh, stop motion animator and I'm trying to remember what it is he did, but I'm just going to watch this. Okay, cool. And I'm watching it going, what the hell is going on? I really don't understand. It's not like, oh, it's Wally. You know, Wally is doing a thing and you can kind of tell what he's doing and then they start to tell you more of the story as it unfolds. This, I feel like the more it shows me, the less I know. It was like a Fair enough. Remembering it or trying to remember it is kind of a fever dream. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, uh, he says that's what his idea was, is to be one of those films that you kind of, you experience and then you, you wonder what, what you just saw. Yeah. <laughs> like you just dreamed it. Yeah. It did feel like that. Did you? Very did, early Lynch. Sort of yeah. Yes. Yeah, Eraserhead vibes for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking but about. But not as weird. No, I was just thinking about David Lynch earlier because I'm listening to a podcast about when Robert Blake's wife was murdered. Uh huh. By probably him, or yeah. someone he hired. Yeah. He he did go to prison for that, didn't he? I believe he did. Yeah. So I'm listening to this podcast about her murder, and uh, and I started thinking about. Oh man, and he had just done Lost Highway. Yeah. And like that was a really disturbingly weird scene. You know, I don't know if you remember it specifically, but his scene where he's like Call me. Yeah. I'm at your house right now. I'm at now. your house. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, weird. That gave me chills the first time I saw that. Uh-huh. That was super creepy. But um Yeah, uh early Lynch vibes for sure. Um, you know, stop motion and live some live action stuff sneaked in there Pro- yeah probably not more than yeah lynch did that too yeah that's true he did that 
Eraserhead for one. Yeah, and Eraserhead was like five years of filming. So yes, not yeah. quite as thirty years, but it this did take a long time. Lynch is like, I've got other important stuff to do. <laughs> not delivering papers, right? <laughs> but collecting the money, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, I. I can't say much more about the content content of the movie <laughs> but uh the experience felt really weird and really fun um i i i liked it yeah don't know what i watched <laughs> but isn't that good yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of a cool feeling to have that once in a while refreshing it's like i wasn't told what to think yeah the, yeah and like was... you said the music doesn't tell you what to feel or mm-hmm. think yeah. um, the characters aren't saying anything they're just doing stuff they're doing some welding. They're doing some fighting. They're jumping off of stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. It reminded me of my pick from a while back of the strange color of your body's tears. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is another movie that's just, just watch it. Yeah. Don't yeah. It's worry like, about it's like putting be, it together. Like being run over by a train that's on acid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really strange stuff. Um. So what what happened when you watched it, Will? Were you were you just like, oh, I, I think I know where this is going to go? Or were you just like, I'm just going to... I just sat back and watched it. <clears throat> and I got about halfway through and I was starting to fall asleep because it was late. Yeah. And so I stopped it. And then <clears throat> I started it where I, you know, left off the next day. And I was like, <laughs> nope, I don't know what's going on. I don't remember a damn thing that happened. So I started it over and uh, watched it all the way through again. Or, you know, all the way through. for From the beginning. F- from the beginning, yeah. Um, and it it was perfectly clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you just watch it twice, if you watch it all comes together. Twice. Uh, yeah, I can tell you're being facetious because... There's literally nothing in this movie that I could connect, and uh, so you there was a Volkswagen uh, thing in it. Yeah, there should be more Volkswagen things in movies. Yeah, they're getting harder to find. I bet. Yeah, well, they're, and when you find one, Volkswagen collectors will pay way too much money for them. Yeah, I mean, impossible amounts of money. It was a quirky thing. They didn't make a lot of them. No. My but, parents had one. Oh, man. 1973 model. Jeez. Do you remember the Type 2, the one that was a fastback? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I knew a girl in high school that had a, a Volkswagen Type 2. And okay, uh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what the model name was supposed to be other than Type 2. And uh, a guy who had a 68 Beetle. And these cars were just like something you could buy as a used car for, you know, hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And now people will pay like tens of thousands of dollars for them if they're in decent shape at all. That's really weird. Yeah. You're listening to Car Talk. <laughs> <laughs> they were tough things then. Oh, the thing? Um, yeah, they yeah. were pretty tough, yeah. Yeah, they, they were... And real easy to work on. That's why my dad bought it. Because he was cheap and he'd never take the <laughs> car to a mechanic that might as well emasculate the man. <laughs> it was my family car when I was growing up. So. Oh, really? You had yeah. a, a thing as well? An orange beetle. Oh, beetle, yeah. We had yeah, a... I really liked them because of the slope of it, you could lie in the back seat and look at the stars. Oh, nice, yeah. And, uh, and when uh, we were in London, we got hit by a van, and we were fine. Oh. So not, not a scratch. The van was a write-off. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents almost drove it over a cliff. And they had to get out, and thankfully the car was light enough they could both push it back up the cliff. <laughs> oh my god! The little thing, but we could ford rivers with with it. Uh huh. Like when there was a flood, it was it was fine because it was all built. You know, it was, it was wartime. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was all a, sealed up. It yeah, was a, yeah. It was a Nazi Germany invention. Uh huh. Right. The Hitler yeah, baby ours buggy. Ours was orange too. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, and it, we were fine. And then all these, like, newer cars trying to go across the same place, which is <laughs> doomed. No. That's funny, because um, I guess back in the 50s, all the all the people that were still pissed off about World War II were calling them Hitler baby buggies. Yeah. 
but uh, they're good, solid cars. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it was. A, I used to love the Herbie movies. Uh huh. There was a whole German series of uh, like Herbie movies. Yeah. Wow. Un- unofficial. That that I forget what the name for it was. Herbie pays for his crimes during World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> It turns out that Herbie was a war criminal. Yeah. He was high up in the Nazi party, I understand. I remember in the, I think it was the first Herbie movie where um, they chased the bad guy down in his nightmares and there were all these evil looking beetles with his teeth. Yeah, yeah vaguely, yeah. <laughs> Man, it's been a long time since I've seen a Herbie movie. Good. They, they peel off the 53 and there's a swastika under it. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I, you know what? While we're talking, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google this uh, German version of Herbie. Yeah, I think it was five m- movies. Let's see, it, it was called Return of Superbug, and Superbug Super Agent, and Come. and the VW Beetle, which he names Dudu, which is the Swahili word for insect or beetle. Okay. Interesting. Um, Maybe Criterion will put out a box set. Hope so. <laughs> yeah. um, let's see. The German title of the Herbie film, The Love Bug, is Ein Toller Kaffee. Wow. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue. Bit long for a license plate. <laughs> uh, there's from a website called germantranslationtips.com. Anyway, um... So, uh, is there much more to say about? I mean, obviously, there are probably volumes to say about Mad God. I, if the hope was to make something really scary and disturbing, I, I was not. No, it, it's like disgusting sometimes. Yeah. yeah, weird. Yes, disgusting. Yes, dark and recognizably dystopian. Yeah, but mostly I felt nostalgic <laughs> because it was like, the, as I was saying, it was like those Spankmeyer films I used to watch and in art those school. like all those uh, MTV. Interstitials that he used to yeah. do. Oh yeah. Um, and it's got like in jokes. There's like Robbie with the robots in there. And oh really? I didn't. Yeah. There's, see a, there's this like scrap people. These robot bits. And oh no. Robbie the robots. So uh, like, oh, this is all comfort food. I missed for me. that. <laughs> I did miss that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's probably a, a good way to look at it because it's it. It feels like all that stuff we have seen before. And I don't know if you ever saw like the Spike and Mike or was it Spike and Ike or Spike and Mike animation Sp- film festival? Spike and Mike, I think. Spike and Mike. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time, but. Um, Not used... Mike and Ikes. No, no. But but you could probably buy them at the little theaters that would screen yeah. the film yeah, festival. Yeah, at the Bluebird. Yeah. And uh, this is something where you could go see a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, some of it did end up on MTV. Uh, Beavis and Butthead being one of the things, but you'd you'd go from something super like fluid and interesting and cool to something really crude and weird, and it was it came from all kinds of different sources, all kinds of different people, and this does feel like it would be from someone who was from that, you know, that that original school of like let's just rock this, let's make this thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be five minutes. We're going to put it in the animation festival, and we're going to get noticed. And then some of them did do, like you said, the interstitials on MTV. Um, Joe's Apartment was one of those bits that they used to, like, sneak in there. Yeah. I think Eon Flux was in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the cockroaches eating meat on Joe's Apartment. Like, all kinds of crazy stuff would happen. But it was all stop motion. It was a ripoff of Fat Freddy's cat. Yeah. He had a whole... (laughs) bit where he talked to the cockroaches that lived under the fridge oh okay I did yeah i don't remember that particular trope but yeah and i think it was just a one-time kind uh, of adventure where he had to deal with the cockroach king <laughs> and all his minions <laughs> oh there's a japanese movie in the 80s called twilight of the cockroaches oh really <clears throat> twilight of the cockroaches yeah. It's a romantic comedy. <laughs> there will come a time when they are some of the last creatures left. A couple entomologists fall in love <laughs> over the Madagascar and Hisking cockroach. Yeah. Mm. That was one of the favorite things for them. Like Cyrano, it can hiss 
messages <laughs> that the guy can give to, the, <laughs> to his love interest. Did you ever watch Fear Factor? Occasionally, yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things that they like to dump on people. They put you in a plexiglass coffin and then just dump buckets of hissing cockroaches onto people. Yeah. No thanks. Uh, whatever the prize money is, I don't want it. <clears throat> yeah. And whatever, it's just a bug. And whatever gross like uh, body part they would try and feed people, they're like, this is an ox rectum. You know, they would always boil it. Yeah. It's like, ew. Why don't you boil it? Now you boiled all the flavor out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can't even taste the rectum anymore. <laughs> rectum? Damn near killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you barbecue the damn thing? Yeah. Boiling it. Fry it. Yeah. You fry it. You could fry a shoe and it'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin used to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he did boil that one. Oh, he did boil that shoe. That's yeah. true. Listeners don't know what the fuck we're talking Charlie about. Charlie Chat Who? Who? <laughs> Boyle. That was the, the gold rush, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was. It was the gold the rush. Shoes. Yeah. Yeah. They it boiled it up shoe. and sliced it up. It was probably licorice. And then the, That's my I don't guess. remember where he does the dance with the potatoes on forks. Oh, yeah. Or was that Buster Keaton? Oh, that may have been Buster Keaton. Hmm. Oh, my God. I can't remember. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Johnny Depp, in, he uh, imitates that in Benny and June. Yes. He Where was... my cousin dubbed that movie, uh, what is a drama and a comedy put together? You're like, a dramedy? He goes, no, a coma. A coma. That's what that <laughs> movie put me into. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Fair point. Yeah. So, um... Any other things you'd like to add about uh, Mad God before uh, we do the recommends? Well, one thing I had to critique, it was a little long. Mm-hmm. Um, what would have been, um, if, you, if, you were to, if you were to say, here's the runtime it should have been, because X amount of content wasn't really doing anything? What, yeah, I don't know. About, I think the first 30 or 40 minutes was good and and could have been enough mm-hmm. and then i felt like the the last half the latter half was a little repetitive right so could it have been 40 45 minutes yeah i think so so under an hour yeah rather than 85 minutes yeah so they could have lost 25 to 30 minutes of it probably yeah and then you still would have had this nice experience with it where like what did i just watch? confused you and made you feel ways about stuff i really should have woken up at like three in the morning and watched this because mm-hmm. then i wouldn't know what the hell <laughs> i just saw clearly i dreamed it yeah yeah jolene what do you think yeah i, I could have done without the alex cox bit I, I i like him but i didn't come to this to watch a live person anyone acting yeah yeah yeah, I didn't feel like we needed live actors in this at all. And I did not like his long fingernails. Yeah, what and was toenails? This? Yeah, what was that about? Because I not that the the idea or anything bothered me, but the way he interacted with things wearing them, you could tell he did not have those yes. nails ever. Mm-hmm. That they just slapped those on him right then and there and he should have at least taken, you know, a week to kind of learn how to yeah because he or at least go watch some ladies who have extremely long nails to see how they do coffin joe mm-hmm. movies yeah there you go <laughs> yeah that's so you know things like that yeah i felt like the the live action bits were the least impressive parts yeah and could have been cut yeah so let's maybe make- not all of them but because there's some that he's just using that to, you know, get around having to animate, you know. Right. A guy walking around, you know, for two seconds or whatever. They're running out of time. Yeah, there's a lot of times in movies that you could you could tell that, that something is a, a replacement for something or a substitute or a crutch of some sort. But, um, yeah, that felt to me like you just 
stuck a live action human into a, a stop motion movie. Yeah, it was kind of. I'm I'm used to it, but it, I remember it being weird watching um, Thunderbirds. Um, they cut to a close up of an actual hand. Oh yeah, operating some complicated oh, yeah. machinery or something. Yeah. And you think, oh, that's that's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's very jarring when that happens. It would be like if you were watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the bumble was like a dude in a suit. You'd be like, <laughs> I don't mean like a guy in a business suit. I mean a guy in a fursuit. Yeah. <laughs> but, Thin with a tuxedo over. Yeah. It's a guy in a suit. You just made me want to watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> it's a hat on a hat. It's a hat on a hat. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, that's something people say. Um, but yeah, I mean, you... you you can't just cut to that. That doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It it does. It takes you right out. Yeah, like Clutch Cargo with the human mouths. Have you ever seen Clutch Cargo? Is it? I, I've not seen it, but it's one of those. Is it one of those animations where they have an actual mouth? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like they leave a, a little space out where the mouth goes. Yeah. Like yeah. Conan O'Brien used to do that all the time with Bill Clinton. <laughs> It was total That's clutch right. cargo. It was just a still picture of Bill Clinton and someone doing all the yeehaw and crazy talk. Yeah, the guy who came up with that did that because his son was deaf and, oh. and liked to watch cartoons, but you can't read cartoon right. characters' lips. Yeah. That's nice. So, yeah. So he came up with it and he actually got it on television. That's the amazing. Hell? Yeah. Wow. And it was out of Canada. Obviously. Sure. You can just tell. The, the best stuff in the 60s came from Japan and Canada. Nothing's good ever come from Canada except David Cronenberg. <laughs> and the X-Files. Uh, that was filmed there. It didn't come out of Canada. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, so the recommends. Uh, let's do that. Uh, Will, yeah, I recommend it. Yeah? Yeah. Any caveats? I don't, I don't think that... that Everybody will enjoy it, but they should experience. But I it? had to sit through it, so so should they. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Julian. Yeah, I think if a family gathers around every Christmas to watch, there you go. You watch a Christmas film. Reindeers, they can gather around every Halloween to watch Mad God. Oh, yeah. I thought for Christmas. Well, yeah. Christmas too. It's, you can sit yeah, around and watch feel, it for Christmas. Feel good. Arbor Day, Flag Day, whatever. You pick a day. You know. Pick a holiday, and this movie will fit the theme maybe 420 would be the ideal oh, oh that you know be. that would that could would be. probably work so recommends are so far yes i do also recommend it although you know it sounds like maybe i'm i'm not trashing it at all i'm just saying i don't know what the hell i watched <laughs> and that sometimes is a good thing because um you know you could watch something like pink floyd the wall and you can follow that there's a story, but then all of a sudden it skews off into some other craziness that you're not sure what it is or what it means. And then when you maybe learn more about the story of band members and the parents who went off to war and these kinds of things, um, then you go, oh, okay, I, I think I know what that scene was maybe about. I thought that movie was about dessert denial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe it was. That's what I got out of it. Maybe that was it. You know, like it all came down to that. If you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. Yeah. Um, but this, I think, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be clear and it doesn't have to um, tell you what it's doing and tell you how to feel for it yeah. to be super interesting and really weird to experience. So, yeah, I recommend it. And I'd like to see it on your big screen. Yeah, mm. which has been because um, I watched it on my phone, which is not oh, ideal. No, no. no if, it's I, stuffed with details. Yeah, and I was thinking about this recently because I know that you got stuck watching some stuff on your phone. It's like I was sitting on the couch and I was looking at the TV, which is fairly big, and going, "Okay, how close do I have to put the phone to my face for it to equal the size in my peripheral vision of the TV?" And <laughs> I think it's a less than a foot. Yeah, you know, which okay. You know, that still doesn't work, though. It, no. You are missing detail, like you say. Um, but yeah, that's been... Um, the, the big screen has been criminally underused this year uh, for various reasons, but um, most of them are work schedule and weird weather. But uh, we do need to do some big screen stuff. Yeah. For sure. All right. Uh, so we were talking about doing 
Ma or Uma uh, for next one? Should we? Yeah. Should we do that? And then uh, we'll go from there. I will probably watch the next Final Destination, but you don't have to. <laughs> I'm just going to make my the way final, through The final, final destination. <laughs> and this time we mean it is, is the tagline. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we'll see that. Uh, that net, So it's a Netflix. Um, I don't know if it's considered a quote unquote net, Netflix original, but. It came out theatrically. I don't think it's a Netflix oh, okay. original. They just acquired it. Yeah, it came out the same weekend as X. Okay, so it's been not quite a year, less than a year. It's, it was a months, I think. Oh, okay. I was th- I was thinking X came out like eight months, ten months ago, but it was probably three months ago. Time is meaningless it's anymore. It's different in this dimension. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. yes. Now that Biff uh, has been president, and uh, you know, uh, Hill Valley or whatever <laughs> is in chaos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, the the Sandra O oh movie on Netflix. You'll All find right. you'll find it, people. Listeners, thank you for listening. Staff the Mars. Time bananas. <laughs>